understand something about these Israelites. They wanted to be freed so, so badly until there was some risk that went along with it. Now, I call them whiny crybabies sometimes. And, and that's because when things got tough, they quit trusting in God and they let their complaints be known loudly and clearly. And you know what God did anyway? He loved them. He loved them and got them out of Egypt. So here are these words starting with verse four, or chapter 14, verse 10. As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up, and there were Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us up out of Egypt? Didn't you say, didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone. Let us serve the Egyptians. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. Moses answered the people, do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance of the Lord will bring to you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they will go in after them. And I will gain glory through Pharaoh and all of his army, through his chariots and his horsemen. The Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. And when I gain glory through Pharaoh, his chariots and his horsemen. Then the angel of God, who had been traveling in front of Israel's army, withdrew and went behind them. And the pillar of cloud also moved from in front and stood behind them coming between the armies of Egypt and Israel. Throughout the night, the cloud brought darkness to the one side and light to the other side. So neither went near the other all night long. And then Moses stretched out his hand out over the sea. And all that night, the Lord drove the sea back with a strong east wind and turned it into dry land. The waters were divided. And the Israelites went through the sea on the dry ground with the wall of water on their right and on their left. The Egyptians pursued them. And all of Pharaoh's horses and the chariots and the horsemen followed them into the sea. And during the last watch of the night, the Lord looked down from the pillar of fire and the cloud at the Egyptian army and threw it into confusion. 
He jammed the wheels of the chariots so that they had difficulty driving. And the Egyptians said, let's get away from the Israelites. The Lord is fighting for them against Egypt. And then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea so that the waters may flow back over the Egyptians and their chariots and their horsemen. And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. And at daybreak, the sea went back to its place. And the Egyptians were fleeing forward, toward, fleeing toward it. And the Lord swept them into the sea. The water flowed back and covered the chariots and the horsemen and the entire army of Pharaoh that had followed the Israelites into the sea. Not one of them survived. But the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on the right and on the left. That day, the Lord saved Israel from the hands of the Egyptians and Israel saw the Egyptians lying dead on the shore. When the Israelites saw the mighty hand of the Lord displayed against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord and put their trust in him and in Moses, his servant. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, I thank you for the scripture. And I thank you for what it means for us today. Help us to gain better hindsight as we Hear your voice in spite of my own. Help us to be driven forward. Help us to know the direction we want is towards you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. <coughs> Excuse me. You know, it's funny. When I was a child, I discovered that I needed glasses around fourth grade. And my glasses, by the time I got to be in my 40s, um, became super thick because, well, I couldn't see far, far away. And believe it or not, a seminary was, I was going through seminary, uh, my eyes, <laughs> I started to lose the other direction. And I needed readers on top of it all. Oh, good grief. So, yes, I succumbed to the progressive lenses and was able to see. But I also know that as I was able to see as a child, I needed to make sure that I was able to take so many things in. I became a, a contact lens wearer and was able to see pretty clearly until those awful readers were in need. And... As I was a teacher, and even my children, they used to think that I had eyes in the back of my head because I could hear them usually before I could see them or know what they were doing. And you, you, you know how it is. You know the certain voices and the certain sounds and everything. And, and believe it or not, you know, that hindsight sometimes is pretty, pretty clear. But we also know that hindsight, when we look into the past, sometimes we know that there were certain directions that it was good to take, and there are sometimes certain things that, well, there were obstacles, and 
We might have taken the path that we shouldn't have taken. History's funny like that. History is one of those things that we can see clearly after it has all taken place. Oh, it might not be seen clearly right away. In fact, I sometimes wonder what our children's children's children will say about this time period that we're living in now and, and be able to look back at what was happening in our community and in our world. But one of the things that I have noticed and one of the things that I used to share was a love of history with my students and with my students, we would sometimes reenact different things. Uh, sometimes we would take the furniture in the room and we would talk about maybe the Revolutionary War when everybody would line up pristinely and fire Nerf balls at each other until there was one army that was, had done better than the other army. And then we would move on to what we came to know today as guerrilla warfare where people didn't necessarily line up in nice neat little lines and, and shoot at each other. And of course the students would see that it was a time period that they were, well, it was more successful than it was making nice neat little rows. And then they understood how different things had come to take place. In the church, we know that different things had come to take place over that time period as well when we know that the Revolutionary War had happened and because we were an English set of colonies and all of the priests of that time period being good English citizens got scared to be in the Americas, went back to England. And so there was a problem in the church. No baptisms and no communion was taking place because they had no pr priest to, well, perform all of the things that they were supposed to do. Oh, there were some people that decided that they were going to go ahead and do it anyway without any of the authority of the church. And Wesley, who is the founder of the Methodist movement, one of the founders, knew that there was a problem because he was hearing from the Americas that there were no people being baptized and no communion taking place. And so he ended up sending over a, a couple folks, Coke and Asbury, and they became the new bishops in the church in the Americas. And so because of that, church started to take place as it should. We celebrate the sacraments. They were able to celebrate being with each other as people of God, the hands and the feet of Christ. And time went on, and eventually the church splits. Why? Because of something horrible in our nation's history. You see, well, there was slavery. And the southern church, they decided that they liked slavery, so they split from the northern church. And the northern church abolished slavery. Now, eventually, after the war and after a men's 
had come back together again, they put the two churches, the Methodist Episcopal Church, back together again, and there was no longer a north and a south. But eventually, we, we started getting stronger and getting stronger and getting stronger until after World War II, the church was so strong that nobody would even consider not being a Christian. That's a good time period. A time period that lasted the whole way through the 80s, actually. But then some of us, well, we remember now and see now that the church is going the other direction. Did you know in the church today that less than 50% of Americans, less than 50% call themselves Christians in, the, in this country? That's the first time ever in this country's history that there were less Christians than there were others who were unchurched or unafraid or unknowing that the only way to, to be with Christ is to be with him and believe in him. There's many things that have changed over this time period. You know, Moses, he didn't necessarily grow up as an Israelite. However, because his nanny was his mother and some of his playmates were his literal brothers and sisters, he had been around the Jewish folks came to know and understand them. And even though when he killed a soldier, an Egyptian soldier, and ran away, God stayed with him, brought him back to Egypt to confront Pharaoh, led him through all of the, the plagues to this point where they got all the Israelites ready and moved them out of Egypt. And by the time they got across the sea and knew that they were safe, they then put their trust not only in God, but in Moses as a leader. And Miriam, as I said in chapter 15, sang and danced to the glory of the Lord. Now let me ask you this. And one of the things that we're going to be looking at over the next few months is where we put our trust. Do we trust fully in God like we say we do? I mean, do we have blinders on our, on our faces or maybe our hands over our eyes when we get scared and we start to lack in trust with God. Oh, we can sometimes name some things in the past when we really trusted God. And so that hindsight is very, very clear. We know that the Egyptian or that the Israelites wandered around the desert, wandered around the wilderness for 40 years. That's a long time. 
40 years is a good portion of probably most of our lives. And some of us out here haven't even made it to 40 years yet. They wandered around for 40 years. Why? Because sometimes they kept looking behind and saying, well, at least we know what we had when we were still with the Egyptians. And, and yet they had gone through these wonderful miracles, these wonderful things that had happened through God and because of God. Even though that they had given glory to God, their sight began to fade. They took their eyes off of where God was leading them and they quit trusting God. That's sad. And not one of those Israelites that were led out of Egypt that day got to go into the promised land. Well, folks, we were created for a time such as this. I've told you that before, and I still believe it. Why? Because here we are. And I trust God. And I trust that God has some good things planned for the folks that are here today and the community and even further than that. I trust God. Do you trust God? Are you seeing clearly that you only have to know where you're stepping one foot at a time sometimes? That you only have to see just far enough that you can get from to the next step? There's a vision that God has for God's people here and now. And what are we doing to live into that? Do we have a plan? Well, the first plan is becoming good stewards. Stewards not only with our treasured money, but our treasured time, our treasured talents and gifts, our treasured children, our treasured parents. There's so many ways that we can live into this vision if we're only willing to keep our sight on God. Do you believe that? I pray you do. In fact, let's pray. Lord, I thank you today for this vision that you have before us. Help us, Lord. Teach us to trust you. Move our hearts and transform us today into a people that is shaped by you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.